This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, better everything. Real difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Agency Intelligence, where we give you real agents inside real agencies, give you the real agency intelligence and not that artificial beep that they make you believe out there. Today, we are joined with the one, the only, I mean, you know him out there. You're probably going to, you're probably thinking to yourself, Cass, why has it taken this long? And it is, but it's uh, Mr. Mike Crowley. But before we get on with him, before we get on with him, everybody, I want to talk real quick. Go to AIBrainShare.com. Now, I'm being serious. Uh, we're locking in a lot of the details. Everything will flow out by 1-1, but you've got to get out there if you want to be on the waiting list to make sure that you know that I. if, if you came before to a mass to a uh, brain share, I know about you, okay. But I still need to know if you're willing to come. Go to that wait list. Uh, if you're out there and you're like, hey, I don't know if Cass even knows that I exist because I'm out here in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which I which I've been there before. It's a very beautiful territory. And it, no, I don't know about you. So you got to go to aibrainshare.com, click on the waiting list, but put your name on there. And then you literally can hold me accountable for saying, Cass, dude, I signed up and you didn't even call me because I'm going to do my best to not let that happen. AI Brainshare, go there right now, just giving you guys a little peek because you're loyal listeners. Okay, Mastermind members know this. They know a lot of the details, but we're looking at probably October 26th, 27th, and 28th of 2020. We've got that and a couple other dates, maybe the last week in September. What we're trying to do is a little behind the scenes, loyal listeners, is I have to let the other conventions that are around us, like InsureTech, like Applied Net to the two largest in the industry, I have to kind of let them decide when they're going to do it because I don't want to to stunt the amount of people that are at BrainShare because um, it's electric. It's awesome. You know about it. Go to AIBrainShare.com, put on the waiting list. Now, let's get back to what we're supposed to. But since this is my podcast, uh, Mike, I get to like stop it when I want and say what I want. It's a nice thing. Mike Crowley, how are you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm great. How are you? You know, living life, living life. And I'm glad that you finally decided to join us. I've asked him, loyal listeners, like numerous times. He's like, no, Cass, I'm not coming on. And it's just, I finally, we have achieved status, guys, where we are uh, there. Mike, that's not true. I apologize for taking too long to ask you. No problem. No problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mike, uh, yeah, I think we've met one time, correct? I believe that was in IAOA at uh, Phoenix? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. That. Yep. That's where it was. And I think we went to dinner with a group. Yeah. 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 We went to group uh, dinner with a group of people. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that I was seeing that clearly in my head. I Absolutely. go to a lot of these meetings. But but anyways, so you've been doing a lot of stuff, and I want to get to that. You've been is uh, 2019 was an exciting year for you. Yep. Um, I know you grow leaps and bounds at your agency. I assume I don't know that factually, but I do know that personally you've grown leaps and bounds and the accomplishments that uh, you kind of challenged yourself with at the end of 2018 for 2019. And uh, I think you're doing a fantastic job. So before we get to that, though, you're a loyal listener, Mike. Are you an iPhone or Droid user? I am an iPhone user, but I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those Apple loving users. Uh, iPhone is the only Apple product I use. We'll put it that way. And it's probably the first phone you got, so it just makes it convenient to stay. And exactly. And I, if I got to learn something new, it's not going to be switching phones. I'm going to spend that time doing it, learning something else. Ooh, see what you got, loyal listeners? A guy with time management. We like that. That's a that is the one of the trademarks of the many trademarks of the success. And and you don't have to have great time management. 
to be successful, but you better have someone on your team that can support that weakness. Absolutely. Mike, um, so how do you, what is it? Do you, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? What do you prefer? Oh man, I hate to lose. And the reason is because when I go into any situation, I'm preparing to win. So really? I already think yeah. I'm going to win. And I have that kind of confidence where that's, I put myself in situations where I'm going to win. So when I lose, it stings a lot more than winning because I've already had the mindset that I'm going to win in the situation. And that's in life or if that's in, in business or whatever the case is, I choose to put myself in situations that I feel like I'm going to win. And that's why when, like you, lo- when you lose, it stings just that much harder. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Hey, I love that. Thanks for the explanation on that. I, I love. Uh, I love. Sometimes people just answer the question and just sit there, which is fine. It doesn't bother me. But it's. But I, it's like you know. Hey, so why do you think that? But also, I was just thinking. Oh my goodness, I won't say his last name, but Richard out of Tennessee is a loyal listener, Mike, and yep. he called me on something like a month and a half ago on an email, and I have forgot. I cannot believe I remember this, and I and I keep forgetting when I do these podcasts, and I here's what I want to do. He called me out and said, Jason, back in the day, whenever that would have been, 2013, 2014, 2015, when you were doing your podcast, you would ask if they were an iPhone or Droid user, and then you would ask them what app was the last app they downloaded. Yep. And I threw that into a podcast, I guess, about four or five, ten back. And he came to me and he said, you need to keep asking that question again. And I'm okay, Richard, so there you go. I'm now going to ask Mike, and we're going to start this again. So, Mark, uh, Mike, what is the last app that you downloaded on your iPhone? I think about two weeks ago, I attended an event and I downloaded Attendee Hub. I never heard of it before, but I guess it's a for you people that put on conferences and events mm-hmm. and all this stuff, you can throw all the details in there. But let me tell you a quick wow. problem about this app. I was sitting at the event. There was probably almost a thousand people at it. It's an insurance related event. And the MC or the, the speaker gets up and goes, okay, the rest of the details are all in your app. And everybody at my table, carriers, other agents were looking at each other like what app? So Within inner communication with some people, we found out there was an app that was sent out to us that says, download this, all of the details are here. So I downloaded it, I looked at it, and haven't done anything with it since. I talked to numerous people from that event, nobody downloaded it prior to the event, and it made me think, this is exactly the problem that our industry has when it comes to technology, is we have, I mean, the feature is great. The idea is great. Let's mm-hmm. have an app. All the stuff's in there. It'll make it real easy. But if nobody knows about it or nobody utilizes it, it doesn't do any good. And and it's and, and I think that from for like my small agency is I can institute a lot of new technology tools. But if the employees that I have or the clients that I have don't use it, then it's worthless. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to, whether it's a, uh, an online service center, a mobile, my, a mobile app or anything else, if I don't teach people to use it this way, it's worthless. And, and I thought that the whole time I was downloading this and looking at this app and I'm like, as great as this is, it's it's just another one of those things that takes up space on your phone. Noise. Yes, that's right. Uh, uh, a memory eater. That's exactly yep. right. No, you're right about that. I've heard it explained before that uh, picture in your brain this big, beautiful, glorious hotel, palm trees around it, and just, just, I mean, gorgeous. You picture people walking in and out of it, but don't picture any cars because it's on a really small, deserted island in the middle of the ocean. Yep, that's what it is, right? Like, who would do that? But that's what we do with examples of what you're talking about, you know, there's only two things though, Mike, there's only two things in the world that have brought you to where you are. Which one is more than the other skill or luck? I'm going to have to go luck. I don't necessarily think that I have exceptional skills in this industry, but uh, the preparation and the work ethic has put me in great situations to make me lucky in certain aspects. And so if I had to weigh one more than the other, it would definitely be luck. Okay. Well, I, I love that. And, 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 and it's so funny how you can get that, that different perspective every time, depending on 
who the person is. I mean, there's people that come on here. You're, you're a listener, dude. There's people that come on yeah. here and are like, I don't believe in luck. It's not here. Doesn't happen. And it's like, wow. I mean, they're, and I don't disagree with them or think they're wrong or anything. I'm just like, wow, they are so deliberate about it. And then yeah. you'll have some people come on here and it'll be like, purely luck, dude, purely luck. And it's like, wow. Well, and, and if you look at the two, I mean, I look at it being like, all right, I think a lot of my success has become with the people I've met, whether they are uh, clients, referral partners, um, other industry folks that I've learned so much from that have helped me grow our agency. How is that a skill to meet these people? I mean, I guess there is some skill to it, but I was lucky enough to cross paths with somebody. Mm-hmm. And it was that person that helped push me to this, or it's that client that helped me grow my agency or that referral partner that helped do this. So how is, I mean, it's a skill to, I guess, put yourself in certain situations, yeah. but I also say it's a little lucky that you came across those situations. And that's why it definitely, to me, leans more that way. Right. Because there's a lot of people, let's say at that meeting that put themselves in that situation, but you happen to be the one that was getting the donut at the same time this other person was and that boom, that sparked this greatness. Right. So, exactly. yeah. So, so I think you can put yourself in those situations, but it's still luck to get you there, right? Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Everything in life is balance. So it's probably a mixture of both and it's probably pretty even. Absolutely. That's just the way mother nature is. Okay. Okay. Take us back. Take us back to the day and then bring us forward okay. to who you are now. Let them know about your agency. A lot of people can relate to you. Absolutely. So uh, I'm a third generation uh, owner of my family agency. Uh, like a lot of family agencies, you kind of knew you were going into the business when you went through schooling. So I went through college and by sophomore year, I knew I'm going into the insurance industry. It made college a lot more fun for me because the worrying of, oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to have a job? Any of that stuff was out the door. So I had a blast in college, uh, as you can imagine. And so when I started the with the agency, it was literally a day after college graduation. And that was uh, about 13 and a half years ago. It was my father and my uncle. My grandfather started it from scratch. And we were uh, a typical PNC family agency, small, um, five, six employees at the time. Mostly, I'd say 65, 35 personal to commercial split and no true sales presence. It was mostly uh, a referral-based agency. And... My dad and uncle kind of grew it on a small scale, but they were very happy kind of doing the the typical maintain an agency, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. They brought me in basically to be a salesperson, be a boots on the ground salesperson. And, and one of the things that really I, I'm not, I'm not a born salesman and, and, and I truly think there is such thing as a born salesman. The people that can sell the ice to the Eskimos and, you know, mm-hmm. all this other stuff ketchup popsicle with somebody in white gloves. Mm -hmm. That is not me. I'm the relationship type. I'm going to build the relationship. I don't care if it takes a day or three years to get an account. If I build that relationship, it's, it's going to happen. And so I built our agency up over the first few years based off of building relationships. And like a lot of new young salespeople, it takes a good three, four years. And then you get your, you get on a groove. Mm -hmm. And that's really what happened. And our agency took off. Uh, We grew substantially compared to what we normally did um, and just kind of work through some things. I spoke about it this past January uh, at the Innovate Conference talking about how I got into the ownership aspect. Um, We had a little battle with my, my family about where the agency was growing or going. I obviously was trying to grow it. They're trying to do less work because they're at an age of retirement or starting to be retirement. So we started butting heads like a lot of family agencies do. And instead of just saying, you know, I guess I'll just wait it out. I just started making changes myself. So I I started investing into certain technologies, started doing everything all out of my pocket. Wow. Um, So, I mean, we hear, we hear it a lot where it's like, how do I get the ownership to buy in, whether it's family or not, we hear this all the time. How do I get ownership to buy in to do this or to do that or to market this way or, or all this other stuff? And I've had many conversations over the last year or two about this with other agencies and other other producers, especially that says, you know what, if you really see the vision of this, you really see the benefit of it. Just do it mm-hmm. yourself. They'll they'll eventually buy in when they see yep. it working. The problem is 
they don't want to take the gamble at age sixty. And we won't either. When they just we won't either, right? You can't blame them, you know? Yeah. No. And 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 that's why things kind of happened the way they did. We had a little bit more issues, and so my uncle retired uh, because it was past the time that he said he was going to, and I, I don't really need to get into how I got him out, but I got him out. <laughs> Everybody can use your imagination in, in certain ways. <laughs> but now it's my father and myself, um, and really he's just hanging around just to, just to hang around. Because he's dad. And, and we're, we're <laughs> he can do that. He can do that. Yeah. And we and we have a great relationship, so that that works out fine. That's great. Hey, as long as everybody knows who the chief is, everybody's usually happy. It's just that deciding who that is and someone relinquishing control of the, you know, the uh, the the hooded uh, of, of uh, the hood of feathers, I should say, and passing them from one well, to the you other. Know, you know, it's funny. My my four year old son just last night asked my father because they always t- tend to ask who's in charge in the <laughs> office. And, and, and finally, like he came up with the idea, Hey grandpa, daddy's in charge of everybody just but you. Right. <laughs> and grandpa's like, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. He's, he's in charge of everybody but me. <laughs> that was also pretty good for you to hear though. Right. Down deep, yeah, down absolutely. deep. You're like, all right, absolutely. he's kind of finally yeah. starting to admit it. Okay. So when he looks in the mirror, he's admitting it. He just doesn't want to admit it around me. I get it. I get it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I get exactly. it. I got you, dad. Okay. So let me talk to you about it. This is kind of interesting because this is something I can't relate to whatsoever. And the 50, probably uh, only about 30 to 40% of us can't, but the, the other people in the industry who are like you are going to, I would love to hear your thoughts on this if you want to email me. But Mike, you said that from the beginning, you knew that you would be in the business, right? In, in the family yep. business. When do you get your earliest inkling of you thinking that? And what was it that reinforced that as you went to high school and college to make that a reality? Can you give us that behind the scenes in your mind, how that worked? Yeah. So I think just the jobs I had through high school, I I realized I was a people person and building relationships and just having great success in that aspect where I knew business was my, my path. And it it wasn't pushed down to me that they wanted to bring me in and do any of this kind of stuff because of their mindset. They were a a typical Main Street Mm -hmm. agency that just worked like very stagnant and they were Mm -hmm. happy. So it was like, who's to say, like, if we bring more people in, if we bring another young person in, are we going to have to take less money? Are we going to have to figure a way to train them, even though we're probably not the person to be training them right right now? And so I would say a couple of years into college, taking some business classes, starting to see where the opportunities were. I said to them, listen, I want to potentially look to come in. Like, let's see what that's going to look like. And so I spent a couple summers just being in the office, working, seeing what like seeing what a, an aspect is, seeing how the, the, the flow of the days go, see what they do. And I realized, and I'm like, this, this, I can do this. Like, this could be a great path for me. And I can bring new light and, 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 and new clients and sales and all this other stuff. And as much as I don't see myself as a salesman, the agency wasn't a sales-oriented one. It was a service-oriented one. And I feel like that's how a lot of people looked back in the day, agencies, was like, you're a sales agency or you were a service agency. And there wasn't a lot of mixture of both. The sales agencies were the ones that used or were larger that had huge sales team where the salesperson that sold the policy never talked to that client again because it would go into some some service person or a call center or whatever the case is where our agency was no, like the owner of the agency, you want to talk to him, you just walk in his office. Like you, that's the mindset of that. That was the the type of agency it was. And with my background of just some of the stuff I was doing beforehand, just building relationships with people and, and working with different people, I'm like, this is a great avenue for me. And that's kind of where I, I kind of pushed it. Like they never even said anything. My uncle thought I was crazy. He's like, are you sure you want to come here and not go work in like some big company and blah, blah. And are you sure? I think he, oh yeah. I mean, and, and then some of the staff that was there a long time were like, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, no, I'm, this is, this is my calling. I'm ready. For That's it. awesome. And, That's awesome. That's, and I was 1920 at the time. So, right. 
And I think a lot of us that started later in our career, I started like at 23, almost getting ready to turn 24. And, and, and I say a lot of times I wish I would have started when I was 18. You know what I mean? Like, dude, it was, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, uh, that's, I mean, look where I am. I'm not trying to, I'm just saying, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, um, where I am now. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if I had four years more behind me, but Cass, just relax and be happy with what you are. So, (laughs) okay. That's a cool, that's a, that's a cool thing. And, and so you really kind of turned it to, to start driving. I mean, obviously sales and, and what was a couple of those things? There's those agents out there, Mike. And they're they're battling that, and they're hearing to themselves, you know what? He's right. If I can't get the owner to do it, I'll I'll spend some of my own money. Now, a lot of us can't say that because we're in that first year, two or three, and that rut, as you said, Mike, hasn't been grooved. But you went through it without the groove, and then when you came out on the other side and you decided to spend your money, what were a couple things that you kind of invested in that really helped? Number one. And what were a couple of those things that you did that if you did it again, you wouldn't do? The first thing that I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait so long. I mean, I probably, that's good. I probably hesitated for a year or two to really start making changes because I didn't want to spend my money. I mean, as, as a 23 year old, 22 year old salesperson that starts with I'm I'm not going to say a hundred percent commission because there was a small salary that basically paid the gas to drive around. But I was able to have that mentality as I started in the sales is the harder I work, the more sales I make, the more money I'm going to make. And it wasn't the like, oh, well, you're going to get great first year renewals or first year commission and renewals are going to go down because I was servicing my book too. Mm-hmm. Literally my commission percentage stayed the same first year in, in, in renewals. So to me, it was like, I keep a client and I get new clients. I make more money. And so I built that mentality where I was able to build up my money, which was great. And so when I got to that point where I'm like, now we need more, we need more different technologies. We need to start adapting to some of these things that we're going to do, but things cost to go into a meeting with both of them, my dad and my uncle and start talking. Okay. This is what I think we should do. Would turn into an argument every time. So after about two or three of those, I basically said, all right, enough of this. Like, this isn't worth my time. This isn't even worth the couple thousand dollars here or the couple hundred bucks here. Like whatever the case may be, I'm just going to start testing and trying different things. And and that's right at the point where uh, I was pushing my uncle to the side a little bit um, and got into the ownership aspect. How, how long uh, ago was that, Mike, when you pushed him aside and you're getting into the ownership? How long, uh, about a three and a half years ago. Okay. Continue on. I just wanted, I just yeah. curious. And, and it was right at that time that I invested in, in, uh, on the, our website platform, which you were on and we talk very highly for and advisor evolved. Absolutely. Um, Proud of them boys. Was, that was kind of one of those things where I signed up. I redid our website without telling them. Like, <laughs> like no joke. I got to that point. I started yes. hearing. I, I think I listened to Chris talk on um, the insurance agent summit. Brian Appleton there. The first one, the first ever one. Chris was on there. I yep. think he was still he was still an agency owner and doing this on the side. And I and I started seeing some of the stuff he was doing and listening to. I reached out. We talked. Start doing research on the company um, at, around this time. Again, it was just when I got into some of the ownership. Uh, I started getting involved in some of these Facebook groups and all this other stuff. So you're seeing more people talk about them. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this. And I want to utilize his quote vids. I want to start doing all these things. And I mean, that alone made the biggest change in our agency. I mean, our, our online presence, um, where we rank, the, the use of the video proposals, um, because we adapted to it really early on, right when he actually, I think, uh, I think we were signed up maybe a month or two before he released them, like to, the, wow. to all of his people. And, and we jumped yeah. on right away and utilized the, the, the hell out of it. And the, the feedback from clients, it took off. I mean, to the point where people were watching one, sending it to their, their brother or their parents. And the parents would reach out to me, Hey, can I get one of these two before I even heard back from the client that just watched it? Like, I mean, so the referrals, the, 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 the word of mouth just kept spreading and, and business grew a few other little things that we did. Um, but again, I waited until I felt like I absolutely had to do these things 
when I literally should have done them a, a year or two early because I, I, I could have afforded it. I just I just didn't want to because at the time it's like you think, well, the agency should be doing this. Right. Why, why is the producer investing in this? The agency should be because they're going to be making out on it if it succeeds. Right. And that's a tough mindset for a producer when you're in that producer mindset to adapt to that because you just kind of you have that feeling that it's like why do i have to take the the full risk here when they're making the 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 big bucks on the back end and not working nearly as hard as i am and i can tell you whether it's a family agency or not a small agency if there's an owner and there's a, a hot shop producer that's growing that is the that is the mindset unless that owner is fully involved into the growth of an agency. Mike, They're just you, writing it out. Mike, they Mike, are just doing it. Mike, here's what I need you to do. I want you to write a blog around that point okay. right there and let's put it on the podcast. Okay? It. Or not on the podcast, oh. on the blog, on the AI blog. You right there just hit on something that I don't think we've ever talked about on the podcast, loyal listeners. And that is a basic principle of giving and receiving. Now, let me tie this into what Mike's saying here, Mike. This is so good. This is so good. So this is one of those lessons. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So, that mindset, you are so right, Mike. When you see a successful producer, when you see a successful producer and she is in a business to where her family is dominating or somebody is dominating the situation and they're not being heard and what can we do? How do I get people to respond and listen to me? You, what you just framed it right there perfectly is that, that the mindset of the successful one and the ones that are surviving is, is whatever I got to do, I'm going to use my own money, my own time, my own willpower, whatever it can be to get done. That ba- yep. that goes back to this thing called giving and receiving. So many times people want to sit around and they say, I'm not going to give of my time until I receive. This is a basic issue in society. And some people get this and some people don't. And those who get it turn out to be highly more happy and successful in life. Because what they realize is, is I'm not going to sit around and wait for somebody to give me something before I'm going to return my kindness, my time, my, my generosity back to the society in which I live in. And they sit there and they wonder why great things happen to other people, but don't happen to them. And it goes back to the basic principle of giving and receiving. And what it is, is is, is notice people don't say receiving and giving. That's not what they say. They say giving and receiving because you have to do that first. And when you take that back, that basic principle, Mike, and you bring that into the story of what you just told, that's it. Those who are going to sit there and say, I'm not going to do anything until they do it because they're the ones that's going to benefit from it. That's the, that's, that's the receiving mindset. You had the giving mindset of, you know what? I'm going to give to this organization. I'm going to give of my own money, my own time, even though no one wants to listen to me because you know what? At the end, it's going to make us all better. The, re- the, the, the person who's thinking the other way is thinking until someone does something for me, no one's going to win. I'm not going to be a part of anybody winning. It's that principle. And, and this is amazing because – you guys will see, uh, loyal listeners, on my personal page, I'm releasing a video um, in the next like probably week or so, and it was a video I did back in Cuba. Mike, do you remember before this podcast, I told you that I cleaned everything off of my computer this weekend and put it on G Drive? Remember that? Yep. I yep. found a video that I did in Cuba um, that I just started talking to the camera for like – I don't know, not 15 minutes. I'm going to say probably 10 minutes. And there's this four minute segment that I'm going to cut out of there because I was watching this and it's talking about giving and receiving. 
And it wasn't talking about it in a biblical way. It was talking about it in a charitable way. And it's so great that you bring this conversation. And we need a blog about that, Mike, because no one can tell that story better than you. I love that perspective. Loyal listeners, that was a gem right there that you don't always get on these type of these podcasts. Thank you, Mike, for that. That was good. You got it. That was you good. Got it. I'll, start, I'll start working on that blog. Too. Mike, let's flip it to it, though. Okay, so back in 2011, this guy by the name of Ryan Hanley decides that he thinks that he can take video and that he can create video. And if he does, every time he puts out a video out there, he notices his SEO bumps. He notices his traffic bumps. And if he does it well and strategically um, based on the the what the video is about, how he names it, how he tags it, how he does all that stuff, he realizes he can start generating some traffic, some leads off of that as well, and and targeted leads at that in his situation. And so on July 1st or January 1st of 2011, he decided that he was going to do 100 videos in 100 straight days. And when he did it, it was phenomenal because he did this and everybody's like, oh my gosh, and why would he do such a thing? And then he went around and showed everybody the success that his agency had had by looking at the numbers, pure factual numbers. That sat around for eight years and really no one challenged it. I think there was a guy who said he did it. And I think it was in another industry said that he did it in another industry because he followed Ryan, but no one had done it. And then this crazy son of a gun out of Syracuse, New York, where it's cold as hell. They, this guy comes out of it and says, I'm going to do it. And you started it this year on January one. Tell us about it, Mike. All right. So I've known Ryan for a couple of years now, and I've listened to a lot of his stuff. A lot, like a lot of us, he's he was a big name in the insurance industry. A lot of lot of great content coming from him, and I and I heard him do a keynote for some state association sometime last year. I would say maybe October, November. If, I don't remember when he was switching careers and switching stuff, but he, I'm pretty sure he was still at Agency Nation. Um, and, and he gave this keynote and he's basically calling out the entire audience. And I had a friend in the audience and and I'm pretty sure he shared this clip and this is how I saw it. And it basically was like, I can't believe it's been this long. I've said this in almost every keynote presentation I've ever done and nobody has done this. And I've talked about the success and still nobody does it. We've been talking about video for a couple of years now and still nobody has done it. And, and probably a year or two before this, I got into video and and outside of the video proposals, I started doing a weekly video and started posting some things, but I never got really, I mean, I got consistent for a while, but you know, life happens, business happens and the priority of marketing as the agency owner without your full-time marketing uh, person in your office gets pushed to the wayside. Like it does for almost all of us. And, and that's what happened. And I was like, you know, I need to get back into this, but I need something to spark it. And this was the spark. And literally I said, you know what? Nobody's done this. He keeps calling people out. I'm going to, yep. you know, what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And now the, the videos that I were doing were more just like his, where they're educational. They were trying to be a little funny, little tips. And I go, you know, what? I'm going to do a new series it was called Coverage with Crowley, which was what my series was. But I'm going to do Coverage with Crowley 101 for two reasons. One, if you went to college, you know most of your entry-level classes start with 101. Mm-hmm. Like Social Studies 101, Math 101. I mean, it was just that's kind of the thing. And then two, he did 100 in 100 days, called a whole bunch of people out. I'm going to do 101 in 101 days. <laughs> and, and, and that wasn't to take a dig at him by any means. Sure it was. It was more of to challenge his ass. <laughs> and so i reached out to him we talked about it he gave me some great advice and tips he encouraged me throughout the whole thing and literally i started january 1st um, and ended on april i believe 11th was the. these these were 100 business days or these are 100 straight days seven days a week seven days a week every every day and and to be honest with you, I, I mean, the only way to really accomplish this is doing it in mass quantities. Yep. And, and, and I'm totally honest with that and I have no problem with that. There's no way you're actually pulling out the camera. We're going to record one video. You're going to edit it and you're going to post it every single day of the week for 101 days. You could do it. it was, editing would, could be done in 10 minutes, but editing can never be done in 10 minutes, right? 
No, uh-huh. no it, takes, it takes 10 minutes to load a video out of Adobe Premiere, <laughs> if, depending on how fast things are. True, so, true. I would record five, maybe, and then mass edit them when I had a good chunk of time. And then I would post them. I'd post them every morning. I'd wake up early. I'd post them before I left. I'd schedule them, do that kind of stuff. But I had them recorded. I had them edited, ready to go, except for about two parts during that whole time. And one of them was when we were in Vegas for the IAOA conference. And literally on the Saturday, was it Saturday or Friday? Saturday that I was giving my presentation, I was one of the last sneaks presenters. I had to go up and finish editing a video to get it posted just to stay in the same uh. daily thing. And had to go to my hotel room and finish about 20 minutes worth just because I'm like, I can't lose momentum now. Right. And it was it was it was great because it pushed pushed the hell out of me to do this. It was not easy, but it was a ton of fun to 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 set a goal like that, accomplish it. And then this is long term strategy marketing type play. Those videos Mm -hmm. are all quick, educational the information is not going to change unless the, the state of New York changes a bunch of regulations on their insurance, which every, anything takes so long in New York anyway, so th- that's <laughs> never going to happen. So literally all this stuff is here now for my disposal for forever. And so what, is, what did it, dad think? What did he think when you were doing this stuff? He thought I was crazy. I bet he did. I bet he did. He thought I was crazy. He's like, what are you – like why? <laughs> and I'm like – he goes, and because in, in 2017, 2018, we had a double digit growth. I mean, so our agency was growing. It's, I mean, we're still a six person office and we were growing 10, 12, 14% the last couple of years. Gotcha. And he was looking at me like, what, like why? Like what we're growing now isn't enough. <laughs> like, right. why aren't you like, and, and I just was I was like, don't worry about it. This is a personal, <laughs> this is a personal goal for me. Mm-hmm. And there's times I would just literally put headphones on, start editing. I mean, do, doesn't matter the time of day. I just kept working at it and it felt so great to do it. The last now day the you posted, aired. the last day you posted, oh, how did it feel? Uh, it was probably top, top 10 moments of my life to like let, let that go to be honest with you i'm not going to say anything in the top five because that's definitely all family related but business wise that felt the best to just say i am done and and i did it and i did it and i did it that's yeah. that sob ryan hanley he's called people out for i mean he was and he was getting cocky about it and he had every right to like I can't Absolutely. believe in the in the in the day it's still though in the day of video there's only two, you know yeah. what I mean? And and, and still that's it. no. I, I'm sorry. There is Chris Green. Yeah, now now I haven't seen any of his videos because he does one a day and he's doing. I mean, um, I think there's a different strategy to his versus yours, and and and, and nothing. It's two different strategies, but there is yeah. a lot of huge editing involved in yours. And I think for him to be able to do what he does, he doesn't necessarily need that editing no, um, because no. Chris is absolutely killing it. This guy is unbelievable. I I, I yeah. don't know. There's no way he just drinks one cup of coffee. I mean, the guy is yeah. unbelievable. But yes. Yeah, so- well, and it, it's, it's like it's almost like he does like uh, almost like how you would do an Instagram story mm-hmm. where you just you're standing someplace and you're, and you're going like you're, like you said, your video in Cuba, I just started recording. I just basically got this nice clip about something and I'm posting. Mm -hmm. Right. I think now as he got going, he definitely added some editing facts into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, more, more, uh, text across the screen for the people that aren't listening. Maybe they can obviously read there's depending on the viewers, but again, he is focusing hard on one niche really. And he's marketing to insurance agencies. All across the country. I mean, yeah, consumers might watch it, but he wants to connect with every agency that never wants to write a flood policy again. Yeah, and it's, there's it's a, a lot great, of it. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's it's working even even better on that aspect. Yeah, he, he doesn't needs. necessarily need it to be. A, I need somebody to to type this into Google and him to pop up. Like he is saying, I'm going to be all over the place, known as mm-hmm. this, and this is where everybody's going to go when there's a problem, and it's working excellent. Yep, it, it, it really truly is. And 
Good for him. Now, so so you so you've got. I want you to know. I mean, you should be doing a presentation and stuff on this when it comes to hey, like it should be called a hundred videos in a hundred day, a hundred one videos in a hundred one days. I did it, you know, or something like that. And it, and you really should because I think that there's a lot of people because so many people who are in this game today and are really making a rock star. Uh, they they haven't been around a whole long a while to realize that Hanley did that right and that you actually did it for your own personal reason but you did it as a hey I can do this and I'm going to challenge myself and I think people are like wow that's amazing you did 101 days but they don't know that some other guy did it eight years ago and he's been punking people right and Crowley finally said guys IAs back up I'm going to take this one for us get on my back right so I love I love doing this because Hanley's right now rocking back in the insurance industry so I'm just giving him a hell of a time and just trying to let everybody know that he's awesome. Anyways, I love. Yeah, he's my homie. He's my homie. So, anyways, okay, uh, let's wrap this up. It has been forty minutes. I got a, I got a meeting. I got to get to, and you've got a thing called the job as well. Crowley, is there anything that you wanted to talk about? Anything that you wanted to mention um, as we kind of wrap this up? Uh, I think we, I think there's been a great conversation. I think there, there's there's two things, or at least one main one. And when people get nervous about marketing themselves, whether you're new into the industry, whether you've been there a long time, over over the the last few years where I've instituted any type of video or, or social media posts where you're really diving yourself into it, it is crazy when I do the ups and downs of posting a lot on this certain platform versus that platform. And, and I, and currently, and, and completely honest, I do not have a plan. A lot of the stuff I think about, I do, I do it for a couple of weeks, something else gets in my way. And that's why I had to set that goal of doing the videos the way I did. And it's because I needed to challenge myself and I needed to focus on it. Like that was priority one of the day. Um, I don't put marketing as priority one of the day. I put a whole bunch of other things before that. And I try and put it in there. But the feedback I get from people that you're connected with on a social media platform, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it is Facebook, whether it is Instagram, and you start putting yourself out there in any aspect, the feedback you get is crazy. And and that that event I went to a couple of weeks ago where I was talking about the app that I downloaded and didn't really use, the amount of people that came up to me were like, I love what you're doing on LinkedIn. And I'm thinking... <laughs> I haven't really posted on LinkedIn much in the last like three months. Like it is crazy because nobody else is doing anything. Like it is very easy to stand out. And, and this is not a knock to uh, Chris green and what he's doing. One of the reasons he is doing so well on this niche is not that he's the only one focusing on this niche. It's because nobody else is doing any marketing for it. So, it's and it goes for everything. So whether you're looking in your local town and industry and you're like, you know what, I want to be known as the insurance guy in this uh, 15 square mile like area. It doesn't matter how big. I mean, if you want to go national, that's great. But if you want to stay focused, like a lot of insurance agencies are, hey, I write business in one state. I want to be known as the guy to go to here or the agency to go to here. Get out there and do something because the feedback you're going to get is amazing. I mean, it's crazy. Carrier reps uh, locally come to me like I am like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And when I look at them and like, that's because you guys don't look outside of your territory. Like, I think I am way down on the line when you look at the rest of the industry on a national level, but because Mm -hmm. nobody here locally is doing anything, I look like a rock star. And it's how customers are going to start looking at that as well. It's the social proof of how you run things as an agency. And if you're just too busy just sitting back and not doing anything, Mm -hmm. remember, you don't need to become insurance famous. Like that's not the goal. The goal is to be famous for your industry in your marketplace. What's your marketplace? Well, that doesn't matter. You need to be there to do something so when people think insurance, whether it's your clients, whether it is prospects, whether it is whoever, they need to think your name. And that has really always been my goal is and, – and obviously being asked to be on a podcast like this is, is, is amazing. Because of that, you get more insurance-like popularity on a national level. But honestly, when you bring it back onto your small scale – 
I am perfectly happy being known as the insurance guy in Syracuse, New York. And right. there's, there's right. four agencies within a mile of my office. Nobody knows who the other people are. And they're bigger agencies. I want to be known as the person. I want to know, I want my staff to be known that they work for our agency. And this is where things are going to grow. This is why we were growing at double digit percentage without having any real salesmen outside of myself. I mean, I have internal people that sell policies, but they're not right. boots on the ground knocking, developing uh, leads. They're just handling the incoming traffic. And that's perfectly fine. It is perfectly fine to do that. And there's a lot of people that look at these things and are worried about doing it or, or stepping out. And, and my advice is don't step out of your comfort zone. Get on that other side because it makes a huge difference just for you on a local marketplace level. The people are going to respond. I can guarantee it. Mike, you don't have to guarantee it. And the reason why you don't have to guarantee it is, is because we can hear it in your voice. Like, um, I, I, I'm serious. Uh, over the last 20 to 30 minutes, I've really said to myself, like, you can hear, like, it, it is passion, but it's not passion. You have that too. It's, um, it's a deeper, it's, a, it's something that... It's, it's, it's not a cockiness. It's, it's not a, it's not an ego. It's kind of like a, a, a for sureness. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. I tell you, and, and you know, I, my staff and I have staff that has been with me for a couple of years. I have staff that has been with me since I was three years old. And literally there's times that people come in the office and I go on one of these, I'll call that a little rant and where I'm just really, and, and they'll look at me like, are you just full of yourself? Or are you like, like, cause it's that same mentality where it's like, this is not cockiness no. by any means. It is just the, 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 between the passion and the confidence behind what I'm talking you know. about. And I do this with carrier reps all the time and they, and they look and they're just got these big eyes. Like this is what I'm working on. It's like they, you know, and I just had three of them this week, and I'm sure you're going to be going through a lot of them, and a lot of agencies are at this time of the year. It's end of the year. They're going to start doing 2020 planning. They want to see how your numbers are looking for, for profit sharing, all that kind of stuff. And they come in, and they want to be like, want to hammer on your numbers because maybe your numbers are down in that one specific carrier. But they really know why your numbers are down. It's because they had a 12% rate increase, and their new business rates are terrible. And... So we'll go through these things. But when they ask me what my plan are, and I do one of those little rants where I just have a specific plan. Well, here's the three areas where we're growing really well. And I'll throw percentages at them. We're growing 24% in this area, 25% because of our relationships in the real estate and mortgage brokers and, and, and so on and so forth. And they look at me like, one, that's great that you know it. But two, we kind of came in here like we want to like be tough with them to say, I want to be able to grow X number of percentages, you need to get your book here. When they deep down know that, no, I'm not going to get my book there because your rates are terrible. Like you can't, I'm one of the few agencies that you're calling on right now that actually has a plan for 2020 in by November of 2019. And it, that's something that you're not aware of. And then when you talk about where I'm going to go on, okay, we're going to do this for technology. We're going to do this. They still sit there like, wow, like this is the one person I, I don't feel like I need to come in and like give them the idea that do you have a Facebook page? Like, cause that's what they spend most of their time doing with agents. Yeah. And it, it's just that, that mentality that when you really know what's going on, whether you're doing it a hundred percent or not, and I'm not, you just I said it, you just said it but knowing, you, right? So I really have to wrap this up because, and I apologize, loyal listeners. I know you want Mike and I to go on. I have a plan for Mike and I to do um, another podcast this year. So I want you guys, it's going to be a treat. Mike and I are going to do for you. Mike doesn't even know that he's going to do it yet. So, but, 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 but I, so I'm going to, so I'm going to bring him back, but it's because, you know, you know, I say a lot of times when people have fear, it's because usually they have anxiety that builds up and they have anxiety because they don't know something. They're unfamiliar with someone or something builds anxiety, gives them fear. The opposite could be true though, yep. as well. When you do know it relieves all anxiety and helps you have courage. I've just now really kind of thought about that. Absolutely. So that's because you keep saying you're like, because you don't know how to say it either, just like I didn't. It's because you know, right? There's a confidence in knowing that, hey, I've done this. Hey, I know what I'm talking about and it can be successful. I appreciate you coming on. 
loyal listeners, got to cut this off. I'm going to give you a present that I wasn't expecting to give you because I already have a bunch of presents for you lined up for the month of December that we're going to be having some awesome guests on. Um, Guests like uh, just some great stuff. One of the biggest podcasts and one of the biggest Facebook lives I ever did was last Christmas, and we're going to do some bigger stuff this year. Be sure to go to AIBrainShare.com and be sure to get up on the wait list. And Mike, I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Jason, I really appreciate it. And thanks for all you're doing for the industry, man. It means a lot. And uh, we need more people like you that are just pushing the envelope. And we need more people like you that represent your local area and say, I am representing my industry in my local in, in my local uh, uh, community. I really like that. I like that a lot. But And once again, we, we delivered loyal listeners. We gave you a real agent inside a real agency. And they gave you the real agency intelligence, not the artificial that somebody's going to make you believe that hasn't sold a policy or is not ready to get off this podcast and go sell some policies like Mike and I are. Thank you very much. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is. To, to fix a problem, the first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call. Check us out. You can ask for me personally. I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.